Blue Jays fans, breathe a sigh of relief. You were scared. I know you were. We were linked to all of these names. We saw them go. Liam Hendricks, Francisco Lindor. We saw all those names head somewhere else. They even said the Mets were going to get George Springer. Well, looks like they were wrong. Six years, $150 million, and it's worth every penny because George Springer is a Blue Jay. Matt, tell us your thoughts. Okay. Um, so real time. This found out in real time. Um, I also want to say that Joey had it first because he said it before we start. We stopped recording. Um, as you guys will hear once we uh, get through the episode. Uh, I just want to say that I think we all owe Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro an apology. Well, just for um, context, we are recording the day after because we recorded a regular episode only 10 minutes after we ended recording. The George Springer news broke. Yeah. Um, so let me uh, start by saying um, I'm sorry to Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro. And, uh, you know, the old saying, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. I think that applies to Jays fans now because, like, we thought this was going to happen last year, and then Hinge and Ryu happened. We thought it was happening again this year, and then George Springer happens. So, um, yeah, I think it just goes without saying, uh, don't count your chickens before they hatch, and uh, don't go off and assume that things are going to happen until they happen. Um, it was a crazy couple hours for people that were on Twitter. They know what I'm talking about. Uh, when we finally saw the passing tweet, uh, we knew and everyone lost their freaking minds. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that kind of goes without, uh, that goes without saying. So um, we also thought uh, during our show that Michael Brantley signed, but he also re-upped with the Astros for uh, well, we'll a report that. came out like confirming that oh yeah he's with the Blue Jays and it's like oh wait never mind. It's like <laughs> uh, news to me, which but... tells me that the Blue Jays are still aggressively pursuing free agents, which makes me excited. Yeah, but who knows? Because you can always uh, use the business strategy of trying to make it a bidding war and using certain sides for leverage, but. We don't know. All we know is we got arguably the best fish that's left in the pond, or probably top two. I think Bauer's still number one, but Springer yeah. consistently has always been number one. Uh, and to leave it with this, because we don't want to take it away from the actual episode, uh, George Springer's numbers from the sky, uh, from playing in the uh, Rogers Center Sky Dome, whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, 353. Uh, I don't know the. Oh, hold on, wait. I want to see. Uh, Joey sent Joey and I sent it twice. Oh, we because did. He he doesn't like being original. So uh da, 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 just da, too da, hyped, da. man. So he hits 358, 453, and 604 in 15 games at the sky at the Rogers Center. So you better pray to God that we go back there in the fall. Oh god in, the, in the spring. I think I, I don't know if I said this to you or one of my other friends, but I was like, man, if we were allowed in the Rogers Center, I would have already bought my home opener tickets. Yeah. Um, I posted how I wanted to go and camp in there for the next three months. <laughs> Just watch Explainer taking batting practice with Vladdy and uh, Guriel and all the fun boys. Um, oh, yeah. 
But yeah, we uh, there's still a lot more to do. Buckle up, we're uh, we're in for a ride. Well, speaking of which, we can get onto that topic now that we know that they have the big fish. It makes it easier to kind of blueprint what is what is left to do. Which to me is uh, you missed out on Brantley, which is whatever. That would have been like gravy, but to be honest, it's fine. And then if we just can get and add another starting arm or two, I think they can get two realistically. But well, there's, yeah, there's going to be some moves I think that are going to happen uh, within the you know couple within the coming days and coming weeks. We're going to see some uh, we're going to see some traction start to pick up. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely going to see that. So yeah, so with that. Um, what is there left to do for you? Like, what do you think is left to do for the Jays? What's realistic? Because I know one, I have my theory, which I will share, but I'll let you go first. Uh, number one, get an arm. Uh, that makes the most sense. Uh, number two, probably uh, trade one of your outfielders, probably Grichuk, I think is the likely candidate. Uh, three, figure out third base. Because every other position, I think, is spoken for. Um, and I think they're going to put Vlad back at third, but that's just what I, I I'm not sure how that's going to work. Also, um, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. Uh, I, I had a thought and I lost it. And I'm losing my brain power. Um, I'm, I had something. Oh, uh, maybe another reliever. Which we're told maybe Brad Hand might be uh, the the guy, which I would be more than happy with, especially with Kirby Yates and uh, Chatwood in the ranks. So uh, if you get at least two of those, if you get at least a pitcher and maybe another arm and bullpen, I'll be happy. I think the third base situation is kind of minor, just because they have a lot of guys they can really use, and also like there's a lot of utility guys they can sign. So like it's pretty. Uh, it's a lot better than before. at this point with the way the lineup is. It's just like who cares? <laughs> put you can put anyone there. Yeah, we can uh, we can figure it out. Put any like uh, replacement level, replacement level player there. Yeah. So uh, so you can go ahead and say your theory then. See if our theories match up. They probably do. But for me, I want this team to go all out when it goes to the starting rotation. I think their bullpen is good. I don't think they really got to do much to it. Maybe a minor thing here, but if they don't do anything to it, I like it the way it is. To me, their position players are all are all fine. You could put Vladdy at third for me. I don't care. That works for me. And so that leads to the rotation. And I would like to see, in a perfect world, you flip one of Gurchek or Guriel Jr. No, wait. I don't even think you need to touch them. I think you can keep, you can keep both of them. Because I think you can sign either Taijuan Walker, Jake Orderizzi, or Jamison Paxton. And I don't think they'll necessarily break the bank. I think you can sign one of them as your number two or three. And then as your other two or three, depending on how you want to do it, I think the Reds make good trade partners. Yeah. I I think you can get... Sunny, you can get Sunny Gray from them or Luis Castillo, and the Blue Jays are. Sorry, I'm just looking something up quickly. 
and the Blue Jays have what the Reds need, which is a they the Reds are looking for their shortstop of the future. And we have that in Jordan Grossens. So yeah. I'm thinking you give them that. Maybe you throw in another another prospect too, like that they that they'll want. Like outside of their top fifteen. You can like and then we'll see how it goes. But for I sure. think I think you can create a package around Jordan Grossens sent to the Reds and you can get either Sonny Gray or Luis Castillo coming coming uh, north of the border. Yeah. I think it's definitely something that we can see. But I mean, like, again, like the offseason's going to start ramping up because like spring training's in less than a month. It's going to be crazy. It's in, yeah, it starts end of February. That's yeah. if, if they have their, I don't know, have they... I mean, who knows what's going to happen between now and uh, like the point. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. Um, I tweeted this out yesterday in my adrenaline-filled excitement about the Blue Jays uh, signing Springer. I was like, does this make the Blue Jays a more attractive destination for Trevor Bauer? I think we can write that one off because it's Rogers. I don't think they'll <laughs> spend that much money in a single offseason. Yeah. All right. I don't really know what's going to happen between now and and the end of the offseason, but I'm sure we'll, we'll see something. Mm-hmm. All right. But yeah, that's, that's all for here. And uh, I guess just enjoy the rest of the show. Okay. Welcome back to the Queen City Roundup. Uh, I have no beard. I feel naked. Um, every single person that looks at me after I shave kind of loses respect for me. So whoever watches this is going to be like, what the You look like you lost about five years. Probably, yeah. That's one of the reasons why I don't shave, because, like, I look so young. Like, is it going to benefit me when I'm, like, in my 60s? But, like, not <laughs> now. I feel like I'm 60, but... um, Yeah, we... I, I don't want to say we have, like, astronomical news, but we got, we got, some, we got some talking points. Uh, the last time we recorded, which was last Tuesday, hockey came back. Um, and a lot has happened. We haven't, uh, we weren't able to actually talk about hockey yet at that well on Tuesday, like talk about actual games. Yeah. We were just basically talking about, uh, like fictitious what ifs. Mm -hmm. Um, but already in four games, we have felt all the cornucopia of emotions being a Leaf fan from wanting Frederick Anderson traded to realizing that he's actually okay to, shitting on Mitch Marner to Marner scoring three goals in the last two games. Uh, Getting upset at Joe Thornton on the top line, him scoring. And then then (laughs) I think he already has two points on that line. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a corner. It's a, it's a circle of life. Um, So like we all predicted the Leafs. And and doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't Twitter just feel normal again? Yeah. I, I, I love how, even in the middle of a pandemic, Leafs Twitter is still the most toxic thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> no, no, hold on, hold on. If we're doing, if we're doing like a ranking, it would be like anti-maskers and like anti-vaxxers are like on the top, and then just below that, it's just like Leafs Twitter. I don't know. Like, I feel like <laughs> in terms of of, the, of comparing it to the pandemic, 
did Leafs Twitter blow a twenty-eight to three lead to anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers? I think they did. I think I, I think, think I did. think I think those guys are always the worst. Yeah. Um. So what's really funny is the division, the North Division right now is actually I think the almost exactly to a T what Joey predicted, except for Ottawa. Yours was I believe. Okay, wait. I want to say each team in each spot, and I want to see if you remember. So the Leafs are top. That one mm-hmm. you already had. You had the Flames at two, which they yep. are. Habs are three, which they are. I had Habs at four. And, and okay, so they're so one off three. there. Let's say half. Oh, oh, Dr. Edmonton. Um, let's say like a half point because you got a one off. Ottawa at four. Nobody had. That could change That's at the end to of change. tonight. Well, they're winning right now against Winnipeg. So, I mean, like. I mean, Winnipeg's not that great of a team. Uh, I had, those were my bottom two teams. Edmonton and Vancouver, five and six, and then Winnipeg, seven. I think we were right with having Winnipeg near the bottom two, both of us, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if I had Winnipeg at the bottom two or the bottom three. Either way, they're on the bottom three. Um, so what's really funny is if you look at the goals against until last, yeah, last night, the Leafs were actually the worst goals against team. Uh, and then you realize that, oh, Vancouver and Edmonton want to have a chat. Mm-hmm. So you'd think that Vancouver and or Edmonton would want Aaron Dell, but they got nobody, which was Man. really funny. <laughs> well, let me show my let me show my leaf shirt here. Oh, it's gonna oh, it's kind of crappy. It's because of the way I'm sitting. But whatever. And those uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna Edmonton men with the their goalie issues. Dude, the fact what was really funny was um as you're on leaf Twitter, like I am, we were like, okay, like, you know, hundred percent, he's going to Edmonton by noon. Oh, like yeah, 11, sure. 11, 11, 59, 11, 59, boom, he's going to New Jersey. And we're just like, I mean, yeah, it makes it, sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Cause like Crawford <laughs> retired. They probably Edmonton probably very likely had, uh, had a claim in for him, but New Jersey was just ahead of him in the, yeah, in the in order the, in of the, the waiver wire. Yeah, because New Jersey, well, I think, finished like 28th last year, and like Edmonton made the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, the Oilers didn't make the playoffs. Remember that factor. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we before we dive into, uh, well, I don't want to really spend time ripping on the other Canadian teams yet, just because. So again, it, it again, it's only been four games, even though everyone's already had their reservations about two of them, um, being absolute. Uh, to quote Jim Nill. Uh, plucking horse spit. That's the most PG way I can say that. Interpret <laughs> it the way you want. Um, but I guess we'll talk about the Leafs' uh, first few games. Um, what's what? What's something that has stuck out to you the most? Like any like differences are, 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 in the team? Are we doing positives or negatives first? Whatever, whatever. Um, I hated the penalty kill the first two games, as you can agree. Um, yeah. The last two were better. Um, I think the power play is still very dominant. Um, I have, I think it has the potential to probably be top two. It's top three right now. I think it could be top two. That's just, that's just my take on that. Um, if you were to told me at the beginning of the season that Justin Hall would have as many points as Austin Matthews, I'd probably belly laugh. But here we are, and Justin Hall is going to win the Norris Trophy. Just you wait. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as far as anything else, um, top line, I don't really have many problems with now that they've like woken up and now they're like, okay, here's how we're really going to do things. I really like the second line of, of JT and, uh, well, okay. One grievance would, for me would be, I'd put, uh, McKayev and VC swap, put VC with, uh, with Kerfoot and then have McKayev with, uh, Tavares and Nylander, um, but William Nylander is second on the team in scoring. And at, for at one point, was actually at the top of the team in scoring. So and then John Tavares is playing like the best hockey I've seen him play in the Leafs jersey. Yeah, I think it definitely shows. Um, this is what think, happens when you, when you grow out your hair. When you grow out your hair and haven't gone to the barber, like, dude, Justin Hall's flow is bomb. And it's funny because, like, you look at, like, these, these players and, like, they haven't shaved, they haven't showered. And you look at you and me, we're like, okay, civilized people now. Um, I don't know. Uh, civilized as I made my bed 10 minutes ago before recording. I You don't <laughs> want to see my bed in the background, but it is not made. Um, that's why I'm not showing it. Uh, I think we all had our heart murmuring a little bit when Jason Spezza won on waivers. Oh. But, then, but then he pulled the Uno reverse card of if you, if you claim me, I'm going to quit. Mm-hmm. Or you can't fire me. I knew I, I knew that was going to happen. Like that—that's the thing, right? He said he wasn't going to play unless he got another contract offer from the Leafs. This kind of reminds me of, uh, like, really. Like, I feel like Spets is going to do what Thornton did in San Jose for years, where he's just going to keep signing for years and try and get the window in. Um, I honestly feel like, realistically, I wouldn't be surprised if Dubas brings the whole team back for like an extra year. Like, he just goes to all the guys that are expiring. And he's just like, listen, the cap's not going to go up. We want to give you more money, but we're probably not going to be able to afford it. Here's what we could have. And they're probably like, okay. Because like Thornton and, and Spezza, they made their money, right? Like they already yeah. made their millions of dollars. They're going to go in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Like they're okay with taking bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the only deal, like looking at the top of my head right now, that's really worrying is Zach Hyman just because Hyman could easily get like four, maybe five million on the open market. Uh, and also Wayne Simmons, but like you could argue that Wayne Drake could take a pay cut if he wants to stay here. Um, but like, yeah, like looking at the Leafs, like, like, okay, the only one, actually, no, let me take that back. The only two that scare me are Miko Lettinen and, and Travis Dermott, uh, which I wanted to think, uh, I wanted to ask your uh, opinion on this because a lot of people have been saying this does Miko Lettinen play with Zach Bogosian or Travis Dermott? Like when he officially gets into like in the top six and they don't trust 7D. Uh, I have no idea to be honest. All right, great. All right, um, off to a good start. Uh, I'd like to see him. I feel like, I feel like there's more flexibility with him with Dermott than over Bogosian just because he has like Dermott has that offensive op upside too where they can like kind of like work with each other there yeah and i think like especially now with with spezza clearing and going on the taxi squad and with nick robertson Mm -hmm. gonna be on ltir for about a month Mm -hmm. um that gives them a lot more roster flexibility i wouldn't be surprised if i mean they added uh engvall to their taxi squad which made sense i think that's what they really wanted to do now they had an excuse to do it uh, they're probably going to go ahead. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I was surprised that they didn't play Adam Brooks. I thought they were going to because he 
like he's from Winnipeg, but um, I guess they chose against it. Uh, I honestly think that the Leafs' next few games they play. I honestly think against the Oilers, one of the two games against the Oilers, I think we see maybe Rasmus Sandin come into the lineup. I'd like to see Sandin with. Now, what I want to see just for chaos purposes is is Sandin with Lettinen. Yeah, I think that's what they're trying to do. I just have my phone, but whatever. I honestly think we're going to see Sandine play more near the end of the season once the Leafs, like, clinch. If they clinch, because God knows what will happen from now. Uh, like I said earlier, we all went from wanting to crucify Frederick Anderson to him being like, oh, he had a good game against Winnipeg. He just dialed in. Well, Which, anyways, like, let's talk about that, because at the beginning of the show, we said, now we actually have to hockey to talk about instead of all this what-ifs. So let's avoid the what-ifs for now and who should play with who. Let's just talk about what, what happened so far. So, yeah, uh, was it Friday night everyone wanted Anderson Trader? What was your – don't pretend that uh, they haven't played the Jets yet. What was your reaction to, to Anderson's play? Well, first of all, I'm assuming that you're saying that they already won on Saturday. So, like, those two games are accounted for. And, like, I'm assuming yeah. you want my thoughts on Sunday night. Yeah, like, what were your um, thoughts after the game on Saturday? I mean, it's tough because, like, you look at the schedule and it's like Freddie usually plays the Jets. He's played the Jets well as of recently. Um, I know he had, like, I know year one he really struggled um, because, of course, there was the infamous uh, 5-4 overtime loss against the Jets in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. When I scored the hat trick, and you can tell by my voice, it's like fun memories. Um, and then, like, I think like last year, he struggled a little bit, even though like the least completely torched Hellebuck. Um, but in my opinion, one of the better games that Freddie had, I don't know if you remember, it was I think January or February. I think it was early February. This was like a couple weeks before the David Ayers game. Uh, uh, Leafs and oh yeah right um, Zamboni boy, um, but I don't know if you remember it was uh, Winnipeg was in town. It was like they just tied it late and then they went. To oh yeah, yeah yeah. Freddie, I was expecting one of those performances because like that's what he normally did. You expected uh, that against part. against Ottawa. Yeah, basically, um, and like he always played the Sens really well throughout his career. I don't think he even lost. I think he lost to Ottawa once. I could be wrong. Uh, I probably am wrong, but I don't know what it is with Freddie, but like, especially like going back even further than that, uh, going back to home openers, dude, he sucks opening night. Like he looks like, okay. Like, like I'm even the Montreal game. Like he just looked like he looked slow. He looked slow. He was, he was swimming a lot in his crease. He didn't, like Freddie's thing has always been like he's always in the right position. He knows what position he needs to be in. And in like both of his first games against Montreal and Ottawa, he was just swimming all over the place in the crease, looked out of position, looked just like like wasn't like absorbing the rebounds like he typically does. There's just a lot of like a lot of like sloppiness from him, which is what made you worry. Like, yeah, whatever, he made the saves, but it doesn't look like he's doing it pretty pretty easily like what you're used to seeing when he's on the top of his game yeah and like going back to like eons of home openers ago or like first games of the season like he led in five against ottawa in his leaf debut um following year when they played against uh against winnipeg he played better 
2019 when they played against the Habs, he played good. But it's almost well, it's like been, it's done. always been it's always been October though. Yeah, and like I October, guess, I guess Freddie or first month Freddie, I guess you can say now. Yeah, like I saw a stat on, uh, I think it was on Sportsnet stats. I said like he had a subpar like an 897 in the month of October, which is horrible. But like it's it, it even showed like we were talking about this on Leafs Twitter, going all the way back as like January February, like Freddie looked genuinely bad once 2020 hit and we're talking about was... it after the play-in round too yeah like, but the thing is is like during the play-in round he looked good like games one and two he it's just like, he didn't game... look like the best the, like the better goalie i think to be completely honest with you game one and two he was the better goalie personally i think he had more high danger saves in game one than in game uh than game two um game two obviously the shutout that worked Game three, he got. Uh, I don't even. I don't even know how to go about game three because Corpus Allo got pulled. Game four, he just somehow won that game, and then game five, he kind of laid an egg. I think it's one of those things where, in big moments, and like this isn't even just talking about the. This isn't even just talking about him when he was a Leaf. I remember when he was with the Ducks in like 2014, 2015. Uh, he really struggled. Um, I remember, I think it was the Western conference final, if I remember correctly in 2015, uh, where they were playing against the ducks. No, it was the, oh, the, second, was the, the semi, it was the semifinal. He was playing against the Kings. Uh, <laughs> and he got completely lit up in that game seven. If I remember correctly, they went to seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to look that up. I'll look that <laughs> He's up. He's just probably. always like, yeah. And then the like, big moments. Yeah, there was that, and then Game Seven against the Blackhawks, he kind of really laid an egg, um, which everyone kind of assumed that was like just Bruce Boudreaux and him normally choking away Game Sevens, which is valid, very very valid. You're gonna make me yawn too. Thanks a lot, buddy. I'm sorry. Um, I told you for whatever reason. Now recently, I I just had a coffee, but like every time I have coffee now, it makes me feel more tired. First of all, you gotta have espresso. It wasn't espresso. Whatever. Okay. Anyway. Number two, you gave me shit for being tired last time. And now look, look, tables have turned. But anyway, back to my point. Um, like, it just looks like like big time games. I don't think he's that goalie that wins. Like, he's not like Carey Price or a Henry Lundqvist. And like, I hate talking about Carey Price because I still think that he's six years too late. Or six seven years too late when he's no longer the best goalie in the world in my opinion um mm-hmm. like Henrik Lundqvist obviously he aged and like he probably won't play hockey again which really mm-hmm. sucks because he was probably one of my non-favorite Leafs favorite, non-Leafs. favorite non-Leafs English is hard guys <laughs> it's from a college student anyway um also another reason why I don't like me clean shaven my eyebrows look a lot more animated um but anyway uh, like going back to my point with Freddie, it's just like he didn't have a good start. And when you're in a contract year, people are going to look at that and they're going to really hammer it at you when you're in the negotiation table. Mm-hmm. Um, I know apparently he has had minor talks with Dubas, but I think that's just like, yo, you want to stay? Yeah. Okay. We'll talk later. Those aren't anything like concrete, I think. Um, I was thinking about this, and I, I wanted to hear if your take was on this. Uh, if Campbell 
stays in Seattle. Like if he doesn't get claimed in the expansion draft, um, most likely would be Angvall, I think, right now. But if uh, Campbell stays, would you feel confident him getting the crease most games, or would you Sorry, want maybe so- like a one B, one A, one B type scenario with him? So your answer is on Saturday night, you were feeling nervous or <laughs> worried about the yeah. goaltending situation. Um, okay. So, and it was also like, cause like I saw this in Washington and like, I think I mentioned mm-hmm. it to you. Or, I think I mentioned it to you or in the group chat that we were in, like, this is what happened in Washington in 2018. Like, and I don't want to say it's exact because the Leafs haven't gone. I want to stay in the cup yet. Um, but like, Holpe was struggling all season. I think he only had like a 9-10. And like Grubauer had like a 9-18, 9-20. And mm-hmm. like Barry Trotz, who is one of probably – I think Barry Trotz is probably my favorite coach in the league because he's showing how strong of a coach he is and how adaptable he is and how – and it really makes you wonder how brutal – those losses made him change his philosophies and make him more defensive oriented. Um, but anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, but like Trotz said, okay, I'm going to start Gerbauer over Holpe. And then they went down 0-2 in the hole. And then they're like, okay, I'm going back to my starter. And then Holpe made them win four straight. And then they went all the way to the cup. That's what I thought was going to happen here. I didn't think it was going to happen so soon. I thought, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, to be honest with you. So what was, hold on, sorry. What was your question before that you so, wanted me to answer and then we drifted off? So, my question that I asked was after Campbell's performance on Saturday night, would you have maybe wanted to ride that wave a little bit and then maybe give Freddie a little bit more rest? Not this early in the season. Maybe if it was later in the season is when you start to ride the hot hand, but this early in the season, you want to try to get your starter going. Yeah, and I and think you, it's you one gave of those him, things. You gave him a few days off to get his, his head right, if that's what it was. And then he bounced back, and he yes. looked he looked good against against Winnipeg. So Here's what I think. Well, I mean, like, okay, obviously the Leafs had, have more goaltending depth than the Oilers did, but they, handled, they had the fortunate uh, idea of, okay, we have Campbell. We addressed this last year, and Dubas, I think, did it better than if you were to sign a guy on free agency now mm. just because like so many guys are hesitant about playing and and this this that whatever um but now you know he can lean on campbell they had dell until 24 hours ago a little more than 24 hours ago now um so like realistically if robertson did not get hurt they were fine because they would have just rolled with uh, if Freddie maybe was like battling something like injury wise, they could have put Dell in the game if they needed to. Which side note, I missed those pads. Did you, did you see the pads that Dell had when he was in the scrimmage? Those were nice pads. I wish he, I wish he wore I wish he wore them in New Jersey. It reminded me of like I think like uh, Ilya Brzgalov when he was waived from Minnesota. He ended up going back to the Ducks. <laughs> and it was like a couple games before he played the Leafs and the Leafs chased ironically Frederick Anderson and Brzgalov won in the game and he still had his like uh Minnesota Wild pads on with like the the Ducks mask and I'm just like this looks so weird. 
Yeah. But I was kind of I was kind of hoping that the Rangers would do that as well. But I mean, who knows? Um. But yeah, like going back to like the way that the Leafs are, like realistically, their schedule over the next couple games it's going to be really interesting. Well, they play McDavid twice, and then they play Calgary. Okay. They play McDavid twice, uh, Gaudreau and Markstrom and Monahan twice, and then McDavid twice again. But this time in Edmonton, which is hilarious to me. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'd be I'd be very scared about Wednesday game, like Wednesday's game, because I feel like they're going to get a really pissed off McDavid and Dreisaitl. Because, like, they hear, like, when they... They were not good uh, against Montreal last night. Yeah, and another thing, it's like, it's almost like when they get, like, criticized, they come out of the gate, like, fiery. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they had a stinker against the Flames, I think, in the first game. No, they had, they... Lost a close game to the Canucks. Then they came back the next game, and McDavid's like, oh, I'm going to score a hat-trick pretty easily. Uh, and then they've only scored one goal within the last two games against Montreal while allowing a total of one, two, three, eight goals. So it's going great. And uh, they are literally riding a goaltending tandem of Nico Koskinen, who has an 897. Better than Freddy's, I think, actually. I think he actually has a better save percentage than Freddie does. Uh-oh. Really? Freddie, right now, at least. That can obviously change. Um, that's not loading. I hate how, for all these other things on Sportsnet, I hate. I don't want to rip on Sportsnet, but like, there's no, there's no like setting to look at the teams anymore. I have to go to the standings and do that. Like, mm-hmm. I just hockey has to be the most difficult. Uh, Freddie's save percentage is eight eight one. So, and also, okay, Koskinen has a better save percentage than both Leaf goaltenders right now. Well, yeah, but it is a small sample size, too. And also that blue line. Uh, remember when Oilers fans were saying they weren't going to get tired of Tyson Berry? Four oh, I've already in? seen they, they already are. But anyways, um, let's try to keep things on, on the Leafs here. I don't really care about the Oilers. Um, <laughs> I guess um, it's fun. To, it's fun to rip on them. Um, yeah. One thing that kind of annoyed me so far about the Leafs is the game against Ottawa on the Friday night. Is when they did that thing that's like so familiar with this team is they'll play like a really good game, and then have five minutes that are just like a f- absolute fire drill, and they have wow. no idea what's going on. And then that five minutes they allow like three goals, and then the game's over. That's kind of like what happened last night um, because their second period was probably one of the best dominant periods I've ever seen them play. I don't think crazy. so because I just think like like score effects is a thing, right? So it's just like, but like when one team being your, desperate. But when you're out shooting your opponent 19-1 to one and you're up one nothing already on the team and then they score the 2-1 goal or 2 nothing goal, excuse me, that's pretty big, isn't it? Yeah, but they're also playing like if they're if they were playing another team that wasn't the Jets and there wasn't Hellebuck in that, I think that the score would have been like three, four, nothing at that point. Oh, for sure. I think not having Line A in the lineup really hurt them, just because like a Line A is usually a leaf killer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's usually Line A and Shifley. I feel like. Yeah. Um, with an emerging Kyle Connor waiting in the wings. Um, but. 
Yeah, like if you shut down one of them, then you're fine. And the thing is, is that the Leafs have now three centers and also like actually in reality, like five centers if you count Spezza and uh, Thornton or four. Yeah, or four. I think yeah, it's four. Yeah, four. Well, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm stupid. No, no, five because Thornton counts. Yeah. He's on the wing. Um, but yeah, like you have guys that can shut down players like that. And if it's only one, then it's not, it's not that much of a threat. And there's no. And also the penalties were well in favor of the Leafs last night. Hmm. Uh, do we want to touch into the end of the game last night? The shenanigans that everyone was shitting on Marner for? Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, what are people saying? Like, what are they shitting on Marner for? Some guy just tried to end his season and what he's yeah. supposed to like, oh, what's he supposed to do? Take him out to dinner after? Be like, oh, thanks for trying to... Uh... Well, I mean, all the restaurants are closed, but whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like... Well, I mean, hey, they're closed and they're closed in Canada. Mm-hmm. Well, so at, least like... Onta- at least so... Ontario. I don't know about Manitoba. I know like, like, what do you what do you want him to do? Be like, oh, hey, thanks for uh, trying to end my season over there. Let's go grab a bite to eat. And like, I just feel like, like people always give this team shit for not sticking up for themselves. And Marner absolutely stuck up for himself because he's like, he went up to him and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I think Neil Pionk secretly played for the Boston Bruins or his hero was Zdeno Chara because they are, not Zdeno Chara, Brad Marchand, and he just evaporated into the crowd. Yeah, that everybody on the ice was in the scuffle and then Pionk and then was nowhere to be off. found. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's, I'll call it what it is, the Bush League, because mm-hmm. it's stupid. You don't do especially that, especially at that point in the game too. Like, like it's one thing to like finish your hits and like, and like send a message like, oh, we're not gonna go down easy. But he took like what seven, eight, nine strides towards Marner and and stuck his leg out and was looked like he was aiming high. Yeah, like he was aiming high. He was trying to blindside him. He was going for the head, if I remember correctly. If I looked at the clip again, uh, like it was all in all an unnecessary hit it's blatant interference mm-hmm. like what like what are you trying to prove within the last 30 seconds and like you just know that paul maurice shoot his ear off probably in the locker room after the game just because yeah, now maurice... there's a target on his back next time they play and then oh yeah wayne simmons is gonna kill him mm-hmm. which is funny because we were talking about like what's wayne simmons gonna do like I thought he was going to be like kind of like the way that he was in Philly, where he was just like banging, crash, tipping in goals, garbage goals, rebounds. Nope, straight up fisticuffs. <laughs> I mean, he's not. He's he's not just like a. It's not like this is like the Colton Orr days or anything though. And he's just oh, he's not a pair of fists think, and nothing else. I think the only thing that's wrong with he'll bang Sim- in. He'll bang in a few a few power play goals in the in the bumper spot I think, there. I think he'll get at least like. At, at the minimum, he'll get like seven or eight, which is what he got last year in a full 82 games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he gets at least like a few. And like the thing is, is like the only thing that really sucks about Simmons, and we, we talk about it with Spets and Thornton, not the best skater, uh, kind of slu- sluggish. But you know what you're getting. It's like, yeah, you're getting like you knew that already. Yeah, you're getting a little bit of sand. He, you're getting a better Kyle Clifford, and you didn't have to pay that much to get him. Yeah, you're getting a better and cheaper. Kyle Clifford. Yeah. Even though I Kyle guess. Clifford has a goal this year. And Wayne Simmons is not. Which is really, really funny in hindsight. <laughs> and also just to to 
talk on former Leafs, which is pretty funny. Kasperi Kapanen is playing the game right now. Okay, yeah. no, he has an assist. It's his season debut. Hey, he's already a point per game. He has an assist. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to kind of wrap it up, like we kind of okay. Do you want to Anyways, talk about? I I want I, I, I want. I just want to ask you this before we move on. Okay, yeah, how we, fun? We have one more thing that that dropped, but we'll get to it in a minute. Yeah, how, how fun was? How fun is the season going to be knowing that you're playing all these teams like nine, ten times a year or eight, nine times, whatever, however many times it is? You have no idea how much it sucks having the Canadian division without fans, man. Like, dude, the fact that we were robbed of the battle. The fact that there's already like Montreal and the Leafs was already pretty chippy. Think there was some moments to where it's chippy against Ottawa, Winnipeg. That th- that shit happened at the end, and you know that there's that it's just gonna, it, it it's gonna they're it's gonna, gonna spiral. Take, yeah, it's gonna spiral. That's gonna and be and then like the same thing went with like the Canucks and Flames last night. Like they just completely brawled with hmm. one another. Calgary there hasn't been a battle of Alberta yet, dude. That's crazy. It's it kind of reminds me like how many penalties you can get in the game like back in the seventies where it was like everybody got misconducts. Yeah, it was it was weird because I was uh, in one of my classes today. We were doing like a little bit of sport trivia to kind of like ease our way back into the the semester. And our prof uh, had a question up that was like, how, "What's the record for red cards in a soccer mm-hmm. game?" So there was like twelve, like twenty. So I picked like the twelve option. Apparently, the most red cards in a soccer match this is completely random, but it's really insane. 36 red cards. Apparently, there was a big fight in like the, I think this was like the 40s or 50s. And I'm just like, there can only be why? 22 players on a field at a time. Well, I mean, like, if, if they eat, if even if they all used the three subs, that's. Well, it's keep Another in mind those six. Red, so that's it could have been a brawl that was like spiraling throughout the game. Keep in mind mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking, which is really. Uh, Do they even have that many players on a team, like on their active rosters? I don't think they can. Like it's really. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I I read that and I was like, no way, it can be. They're that. playing well. Was. They're 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 playing two on one after like two on two after all the Probably. red cards were given. <laughs> Just the goalies going back and forth one v one on an open net. Um, but, uh, we were originally, uh, when we were planning this show to go off of the Leafs to talk about the Raptors, but something else decided to come to our attention, uh, which I don't know if you, you read the whole article, right? Or did you just read what people put screenshots up of? No, I read, I read it all, but so, I just, there's only really two parts of it. I want to focus on. Yeah. We're going to touch on them quickly just because like, uh, it's still really foggy to me about what to like believe. Um, so Mike Babcock had his first interview uh, post firing, I guess, because he was going to go on NBC and be an analyst. So they figured let's get all these cobwebs out of the way. Well, I have a theory about that. I think this was his way of wanting to clear the air before being on TV and like being in the spotlight. He wanted to do it. And, I have a feeling he's the one that reached out to this is just like me just theorizing in my head. So don't take my word for it. But I just think this is yeah. like he reached out to Pierre Lebrun to to get this done just so he can clear the air on himself and kind of just get a fresh start on, on NBC sports. Yeah. And like going on about how like this kind of spinballed, um, basically the two things that were 
brought up. I don't want to spoil anything. If people that have the athletic subscription, uh, you can go read it. Uh, if you don't have an athletic subscription, even if you don't like the hockey side, the basketball and the football side and the baseball side is really, really good. Um, hockey's okay. But they, it's, it's basically, if you don't have it, I, I, I personally recommend it. It's like they go a lot more in depth than like the traditional media outlets would. Exactly. Um, and so basically, just to kind of summarize it, basically uh, the two the two main focal points that were brought up, this, this, besides like the obvious, like, uh, will you ever coach again? You know, what's one thing you want to do? How you've been doing during the pandemic? All stuff like that. Uh, two situations that were brought up were the Mitch Marner list incident, um, which for those of you who don't know, I don't think we talked about it on the show um, because it dropped really... It dropped before we we started our thing in February. Two months before. Yeah. So basically, um, Mike Babcock gave Mitch Marner a list of players uh, that he wanted to rank their work ethic from uh, from top to bottom. Uh, I don't want to go into detail about the article. Uh, If anything, we've probably tweeted out or retweeted on the account. You guys can find it if you want. Um, But basically, he was saying, like, it was – over-dramatized basically to be more than what it was um but he understands now in hindsight that like it was kind of you know not it was kind of like one of those things where you kind of think it's a good idea on paper and then you execute it and it's like this is really really bad especially when you're an 18 year old kid and you're like a 54 year old dude and you're trying to like work around that um for that Part of the interview i don't know how you feel but i think that one was a little more like he was a little he showed a little bit of remorse at least what i was interpreting in that part only well the way he know. said it was more like it was it, like, i don't know how exactly to explain but it was more like he it was like a lapse in judgment and he did the right thing and he knew or he did the wrong thing, my bad. And like, he knew that right away and like, and like felt sorry about it. But at the same time, this feels like a, like a, he said, she said thing. And the truth is somewhere between that as to what actually happened. Yeah. And like the stuff with Johan Franzen, which if, if anybody doesn't know, like Franzen came out. Just to go, go back before we move on from the Mitch Marner one. He right. said in it that oh yeah they had a great relationship like Marner and Matthews and and Babcock and like I don't know how true that is considering the fact that both Matthews and Marner had to write had to draw happy faces on their gloves to remind themselves that hockey's fun and they should be happy doing what they what they're doing and the fact that he had to go visit Matthews in Arizona what was it two off seasons in a row I think what it really is is like it was a forced relationship. Like, it was almost like they, not to get more of it or anything, but it's almost like your, you, your parents, like, God forbid, like, say they have a divorce and then the stepfather comes in and he's trying to, like, teach you all, or step-parent comes in and kind of, like, tries to teach you all of their, this is how I do things and this is how things are done for me and, like, you know, you should do this and that instead of, like, what you really like. Yeah. Like, it's, it's stuff like that. And, like, you look at the guy's resume and, like, you know, six, I think he has like what 700 wins, Stanley mm-hmm. Cup, bunch of gold medals, and like he basically said, like in near the end of the interview, he doesn't really want to coach again, unless it's like the right fit. Which, to be honest, like I look at all the teams and like 
there's not really a fit anymore unless he like unless Mike Sullivan somehow manages to get fired and he like wants to go to Pittsburgh which like sure I don't know mm-hmm. excuse me I'll feel like uh I feel like if he would he if he like if he did end up going to Pittsburgh though Malkin would want out like he would not want to play for him at all yeah Malkin's not afraid to say when he wants out remember yeah. uh, the story it's me or Castle yeah well which one's worse PR probably mm-hmm. if you trade Malkin uh, and also it would be harder to trade him because he makes more. Um, but yeah, going to the fronds and stuff, and like we'll we'll touch on this briefly just because like it's it's kind of like like Franz and to me like I don't know if you like were really like following his career like in the early two thousands, dude. The guy was a truck, dude. Like he was such an underrated power forward in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like obviously like him having post concussion syndrome and having to retire because of that that really sucks. Babcock didn't seem as remorseful about that one, though. Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting to. I, I feel like, in all honesty, um, like Babcock went to Detroit in like what oh seven, I think, because he won the cup the following year in his second yeah. year. I feel like it's one of those things where you're you're in a you're in a job for so long, and the new people are coming in, and they're sort of like trying to format the team the way that they wanted to, uh, and obviously it's not working to the way that they like. To me, it's like, this is going to sound really crazy, but I feel like the Red Wings in the 2000, like 2008 and beyond, up until when Ken Holland left about a year or two ago, I feel like it was just a giant boys club. Like the guys just like the, instead of the inmates running the asylum, it was just like the front office is going to do what they want. You have no say in it whatsoever. Like the other extreme. Yeah, like Ken Holland going out and signing a bunch of old guys just to keep the streak alive to try and keep money coming in because that's what it was. Uh, I think they used that money to build Little Caesars Arena, right? I mean, they had to have. Yeah, like that's literally what it was. It was just try and make as much money as possible before like the wheels fall off. And then like with Babcock, I think it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, I think in hockey especially like it's the five-year itch like you know like in the relationship the year relationship there's like a seven-year itch in hockey there's like a five-year expiry on coaches like stan bowman like if stan bowman paul maurice fired, apparently not i mean yeah like paul maurice was the coach he's been the coach for the jets ten for years. Like, so he's been, been 10 they, years since they moved to winnipeg they've never had a, a different coach or a different gm I think because Winnipeg was just kind of like in the midst of a rebuild, they weren't really going to fire Paul Maurice once they brought him in. Uh, and they're really, I think this might be his last year. I don't want to say anything, but like it's one of those things where you don't know. But like going back to Babcock really quickly, and like we won't touch on this for that much longer because there's still some other stuff to go on about uh, in the other two sports. But like it just seems like it's a guy who loves the spotlight. And like I don't want to like, shit on the guy because like, I don't know him. I don't know how sincere he is. Yeah, I'm not going to go and say and, like and this he's a terrible person just after reading this argument, this article, yeah. just because like I don't know him. And like like I said before, the truth is somewhere in the middle of what's being said on both sides. Yeah, and like most what's likely. Unfor- and what's unfortunate is you already know that unfortunately Franz is probably going to find this article and he's going to come out and say, no, actually, this is what 
I experience. And I out on those Swedish news on those Swedish newspapers. <laughs> yeah, like, and and the thing is that your players like like, and the thing is that bat like, every coach has their favorites, but like, there's also like the ones that just don't click. Like Zaitsev after, I don't know if it was Zaitsev or Ozhiganov, one of the two. I just hated playing for him. I think it was both of them to be honest. Probably. And I think it's I think it's just one of those things where like, and I hate I don't want to be. I don't want to label him as prejudice or anything, but it feels like he really only clicked with like the North American players, mainly like the like Canadian players and like and, and it's really funny because like he he really rode like Datsuk and Zetterberg, but it feels like after he left, he was only like he wanted there were only like these guys. These are the guys I'm gonna ride with. Like I don't care. Mm-hmm. But like I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, like you said, like kind of like to rehash what you said. This is going to be something that's going to be revisited, I think, in a couple years, maybe even sooner. Like I said, Franz is probably going to have to respond now. And like, I don't know. Like it's it's just it's a really weird article. Like I read it and I was like, I don't know how I feel after this. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they weren't hard questions. And also, one thing that I noticed, and, like, this may be just me being petty, no mention of Kyle Dubas at all in the article. I doubt he was going to. Yeah. If he does want to coach again, he's not going to shit on the GM on the way out. He, But if he, yeah, I think that's what it is. I think he realizes that someone's going to want to hire him. Like, if the Capitals are looking to hire you, I think, like, it's definitely something that you would be interested in. But... Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's just really, really strange. Um, but yeah, just to wrap it up, uh, the Leaf season is like normal, basically. We shit on a player one night, and the next night we want to buy a mistake. So that makes sense. So now that we... I don't know if it was a really somber, but a not fun part of the show. Let's go to the fun part, where we can talk about the Raptors getting three straight wins. Yeah. Um so I want to ask you a question about this. This is kind of a marketing ploy. Um, so I don't know if you remember way back in the in the year 2016, which by many people's accounts uh, was the best year of everyone's lives. Um, so basically, um, a player by the name of Michael Saunders, who played for the Toronto Blue Jays, was labeled Captain Canada because he was playing really, really well, and he was on Canada's team. so they. Kind this was of, just before he tore his meniscus, no? No, this was after he tore his meniscus, I think. Was it after? I don't yeah, he tore his meniscus, I think, when he was with Seattle, and then he came to Toronto, had that really, really good season. No, he tore his meniscus in Toronto. Did he? I gotta look at that now. Mm-hmm. That really sucks. Anyways, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's kind of irrelevant. Right, but anyway, so... Anyway, so Saunders' nickname was Captain Canada. Yeah. And he had a really good year. Uh, oh, no, he, he tore his his meniscus afterwards uh, when he was playing with the – yeah, he tore his meniscus before. But anyway, besides the point, I know you said we're going to get off it. But anyway, is Chris Boucher the new Captain Canada? Um. Well, it's, if we can only call players who are currently playing in Canada Captain Canada that aren't hockey players, then yes. Yeah. Like, 
because I don't think he's the best Canadian basketball player in the in the NBA, but he's damn do good. You, do you still think that it's Jamal Murray? I think it's uh, it's Shy Gilgis Alexander. Mm. It's an interesting interesting pick. Um, we're kind of going off of that, like, dude. Like, for a while, I thought that Nick Nurse was trying to be a Mike Babcock where he's like, I'm not going to start Chris Boucher in the fir- and like to start the game and make him a starter. Mm-hmm. Making him, like, uh, putting him in the second quarter and then just having him ride the second, qu- second quarter going into the half and then having him play, like, the majority of the second half of the game feels so much better. And I think it's what he realizes is his strength. So he figures if it ain't broke, might as well keep doing that. I mean, this season he's averaging just over 16 points a game, uh, just over one assist, and seven rebounds. Like, and he's coming coming off the bench. Yeah. Oh, oh sorry, I didn't even mention his blocks. Two and a half blocks a game is crazy. <laughs> and and the thing that I think we were talking about, like in the beginning of the Raptors season, is like this team was really poor in in the friggin' underneath the rim. They didn't rush it. Like in the paint, they were brutal. Like mm-hmm. they did. Like they were all. They were all shooters. Like Lowry was a shooter, Fred's a shooter, Norm's a shooter. OG for the most part is a shooter, even though he can kind of be a mixture of both. Same with Pascal. Well, OG just needs to improve his offensive game, in my yeah. opinion. But but that's something that'll come. Yeah, like I, I personally agree with that. Um, but like the thing with Boucher is like, dude, the guy can do all three. Dude, like he's, the guy is shooting. He's shooting a. He's doing like four seventy, four seventy from three. That's crazy for a big man. Yeah, exactly. And like the thing is, is like, um, like looking at the Raptors as a whole, um, their biggest struggle was their big men just weren't working. Like Baines looked good for like two games. I don't think, even think Baines looked good for two games. He's just, I want him to work out so badly, but like, I don't know why it's just not working. Yeah. And also, like, like personally in the offseason, even when they got Baines, I thought they were going to play Boucher more. I knew they were going to play Boucher more. Just because, like, I saw him, like, I'm not a basketball scout by any means, but I saw him playing in the G League with Raptors 905 uh, near the end of the, I think it was the end, near the end of 2018. Like, this was the year that the Raps were, like, going 2018-19? Yeah. And like I was like, why is this guy not playing with the uh, with the main roster? Like he was just like dunking and blocking like a friggin' madman, like just like, and he was also shooting really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what it is is he's like kind of like the Raptors' best kept secret. And now, well, like, not not really anymore, but well, not not anymore, but like last season, man, really. he can probably win Sixth Man of the Year and Most Improved Player of the Year with so, these numbers. So I want to ask you something, and like this is obviously like fictitious, like. Ever since the, the like the the last like to me, ever since the game against Sacramento, this team like woke up. Even the game against Phoenix, where they lost, they played really well in. But well, like they were down, like they just the wheels came off late, and they just couldn't recover. Um, mm-hmm. And then like like I, I know this is kind of like woulda shoulda coulda, and like but what about this this team could have easily won five straight and could have been in a play, like in contention for a playoff spot right now like mm-hmm. like the games against portland and golden state they could have gone either way 
I'm still kind of bitter about the Golden State one just because that stupid penalty. They lost yeah. two games by one point. <laughs> exactly. And both of those shots that, that Siaka made should have gone in. Mm-hmm. Like the the Golden State one, like we were one of our buddy Cole, like our buddy Cole that we always rip basketball with and like have shoot the shit about it. He was saying like why Pascal did that. And I'm like, buddy, that was going in. Like nine times out of 10, that would most likely go it in. Every part of the rim. Yeah, exactly. It was like the reverse Kawhi shot. Anyway. Um, and then like, yeah, the same thing went with, uh, with uh, against Portland. And also like, okay, like they squeaked out two games against the Charlotte, uh, but they were both really good games that like, again, like they had a hard time closing. The game last night against the Mavs was, in my opinion, the best game of their season. And like, I know Dallas, mm-hmm. I mean, like the whole, the whole state of Dallas, to be completely honest, is just completely riddled with COVID. Um, you mean the whole state like, of Texas? Yeah. Yeah. Whole state of Texas. Let's just, let's not. And like, they completely shut down Luca. Like, Luca wasn't shooting nearly as much as I thought he was going to. And also, like, they had Porzingis who was having a game. And, like, it was just, like, it was one of those things where, like, the Raptors were more complete and also having Norm and, and Boucher off the bench, which are, I think are going to be the guys that they lean on the most. Uh, and also Stanley Johnson playing 20 minutes because why not? Got to spice something up. Um, so uh, I was talking to, like, again, going back to our buddy Cole, we were talking about, like, players the Raptors were looking at. Uh, and one of the players was Andre Drummond from the, the Cavaliers. And, uh, and the Raptors do need a big man, but I mean, like, what I do think you think be- I think that's too big of a name because I feel like, I feel like just like name value alone, you're gonna have to give up someone useful. Like, obviously, you're gonna have to give up someone useful to get someone useful. But yeah, if it's like- Norman Powell, I don't know if I if I like that. If well, their like- ask is Davis, I'll I and and like a pick, I do that. But it- well, well, here here was the the. The if Powell, trade. at the end he of the day, the if, if you got to trade Powell, I don't want, I don't want um, uh, Drummond just because like he can rebound fine, but like, well, like really here's, much else. here's what I was thinking, and like this is obviously fictitious, but like, um, you look at that bench, and like I know like, uh, one of the names that like when we were having the conversation, like me and Cole, he threw out uh, Mal- Malachi Flynn, Malachi. Which, or Malachi Flynn, which they're not giving up on him right away. There's no, no way. Um, to me, I think maybe a deal of Davis, Thomas, and some picks for a big man are kind of what's looming because I don't know what it is, but I think Nurse doesn't really like playing Matt Thomas. Um, yeah. And like, I feel like, because like they won't trade PJ Watson, they already waived Alex Len. Pat McCaw is not on the roster. Um, I don't think they played Jalen Harris at all. They played him like a game maybe, but like he's still like kind of like a young, he's still like a young guy, right? Like and and like mm-hmm. the thing is, is like you look at the big men that are on the the trade block, and like there really isn't many. Um, like who like who do you really go get? Well, with the way that that Boucher's playing, I don't know if you necessarily have to go out and overspend for it for uh for well, drummond well, well here's what i'm kind of like wondering here because like the raptors next few games are going to be interesting because uh they got a back-to-back against miami uh to we're recording this on the 19th so the tw- uh they got the 20th and the 22nd back-to-back against miami 
Then you go back to back against the Pacers, which is I don't know how to feel about that game because even though they traded away Victor Oladipo, they're still the Pacers are a good team. Yeah, they're still a really good team, even though the Raptors completely shat on them last season. But again, different seasons. Mm-hmm. Then you got the Bucks right after that, and I know the like the Knicks can beat the Bucks, but like they still scare me because again, like now you have Giannis locked up, you got Chris Middleton, who's probably the low key second best player on the team, probably really first if you think about it to an extent. Um, and then you got Sacramento and Orlando, like. Like, can the Raptors go to 500? I think they could end January at 500, maybe a game above. Well, here's the thing. All their wins, other than one of their five wins, were against non-playoff teams last year. So, to me, if they want to prove to me that they're going to turn this thing around, they got to start beating some of the good teams. Yeah, and I think, like, like I said last night, like, with, with Dallas, like, Dallas isn't, like, a lock for the playoffs, but they're at least – a playoff team on paper because you have Porzingis, you have Doncic, you have all of these guys, which again, when healthy, you got to take advantage of that. Um, and like, the thing is, is like their February is very, very tough because like, mm-hmm. like I said, like they, like they, okay. They, they end January going into February playing Orlando. Then you got the nets right after that. And that's going to be at full strength looking like with, Kyrie, uh, KD, and now James Hart. So that's going to be brutal. Then you got the Hawks, who are at least better because of the way that they're put together um, with Trey Young. They've been they've been underachieving though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but then, like after the Hawks, you got like the Wizards, and then like they play they play the Bucks twice. They play the the 76ers twice. They play Miami twice. Like, I don't know how the season's going to go. Like, if anything, if they, like, play really, really hard but miss, I won't be too beat up about that. But then again, are they doing the extended playoff format of, like, they have... They're having seeds 7, 8, 9, and 10 playing, like, a play-in, like, little tournament. So, like, if they do what they did with the bubble, which I think is what they're looking at, especially once we get into like the spring summer of 2021, except I don't think they'll do a bubble. They might allow fans at that point if it's considered safe to do so. Um, But again, like we don't know what's going to happen between now. We don't even know what's going to happen between now and February, let alone now in the spring summer at the end of the season, if it even gets to that point, because we've had some hiccups in the regular season. I feel like even if they get to like the, the play in round, they're kind of like 50 50 with me. Like either they, they show up like the team that we saw against Dallas or they're like the team against uh, like golden state where like, they're just there, but they're not like, Oh, they're like, they're on the, the fence at that point. Like it's like, they could go either way to me. And also like waving Alex Len. I don't really care to be honest. It was either him or Baines and he was cheaper. So they did that. Um, yeah. And I don't think, to be honest, he's really going to get claimed. But then again, what the hell do I know? Um, so going into the last, let's go fours. Going into the last seven games of the season, and the Raptors are five and eight. Do they break five hundred? And then within the next seven games. Yes. 
to me, it all depends on how they play against Miami because that's like that's a team that's a that's a pretty good team. They're in the finals last year. If they can show me that they can beat that team, then even then, I don't think they 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 get to five hundred because they're what? How many games under five hundred right now? They're they're five and eight. Five? So they're they're, they're just five they're, and eight. Yeah. Yeah, so they're like a little above fifty percent below five hundred, but like again, like you don't know what the hell's gonna happen between now. Uh, but then again, I don't who knows? think they. I, I. It all it's all dependent on how they play against Miami, but as of right now, I'm just gonna say they got to show me a little more for me to tell say that that there'd be five hundred. I think Miami, even though they're underachieving this year, is the perfect opponent just because like they are very much kind of like similar teams. And then obviously, like, you know, you have like the star power of like Jimmy Butler and like uh, uh, Adebayo is amazing. And then also getting friggin' uh, Dragic back mm-hmm. was pretty big. So, like, I don't know. And also, you got like veterans like uh, Iggy and all these other, and Robinson's great off the, uh, off the mm-hmm. starting lineup. Like, there's, there's just a lot. But like also, they've only played Jimmy Butler six games, so you also got to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like again, like after I think after when we record next week, I feel like we're gonna have different uh, different takes on this for sure. All right. Wanna... All right, let's. All right, let's dive in the baseball. Mm-hmm. I'll let you so, take the lead on this. The Jays did a thing, but I want to just kind of emphasize this. I know everyone's kind of like shitting on management because they didn't go out and get DJ LeMahieu. Would you pay a 32-year-old $15 million for, was it five years? Six, Six years? years. My maximum was four years, and even that was pushing it for me for someone like LeMahieu. Well, I don't know if you know if this is a thing, but Paul Beeston, who used to be the Jays executive uh, president slash general manager, um, who won two World Series back-to-back, by the way, in case you mm-hmm. forgot, he kind of had this thing where he never really went above five years for a player, especially yeah. in free agency. And a lot of people look at that as like, oh, that's being lazy. You know, you don't want to commit to free agents, like blah, 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 whatever. But in anything, does free agency really work in sports? I personally don't think so. Because like how many of the big free agents within the last, what, two to three years with like the Harpers, the Coles, the Machados, the who was another big free agent last year. I can't remember. Um, uh, like there was Cole, there was. Oh God, that feels like so long ago. Yeah, uh, like Ryu. Well, well, Ryu doesn't yeah. count because we signed him. But like, just, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but like you look at guys like that, and you're like, how many of those guys won the World Series with their team in year one? It wasn't any of them. Mm-hmm. My thing, like, my thing with the Blue Jays right now is they have Ryu, who's now thirty-two. Third, no, he's thirty-three. He is. I'll tell you in two seconds. Hinjin Ryu just turned. Yeah, he just. He's going to be thirty-four by the start of the season. Actually, okay. Well, so... well-known fact: he shares a birthday with a new Blue Jay that they just signed, which we'll get to in a minute. So yeah. You have your best player right now who's 34 years old. And the fact that people think that the Blue Jays aren't going to do anything to try to capitalize on whatever years on the years that he has left and get someone to try to bring this team or people to try to get this team to the next level is, is just a dumb thing to think. 
well, here's what I'm thinking. Like this team underachieved or not underachieved. This team overachieved with like basically one really solid pitcher, two technically with Walker, and like three mediocre ones. Like Chase Anderson was mostly bad. Sorry. Hannah Rourke was ah, not good. Uh, Trent Thornton got hurt. Um, like Thomas Hatch, I think, was probably their second best starter to start the season. Mm-hmm. And like this is a guy who didn't pitch a major league game before, so I think what we're getting the idea from management is they don't want to go too much on the free agency front. They want to do more like like how you're supposed to build. Like they want to have a long term window, not just like one hit wonder and then like you're back. At like the, the Blue Jays of fifteen sixteen. Yeah, like you don't want to do that, or you don't want to do like uh, like. I call it kind of like the World Series hangover where a team will win the World Series and then the next year they kind of just whimper because like yeah. like no team has repeat I don't think a team has repeat winning the World Series since God, I don't even know um, I, I know I, the Yankees no the no not the Marlins they skipped a year in between the Marlins was like between three years yeah when the Marlins uh accidentally won one bat won a second world series <laughs> yeah um and like i think what it really comes down to is like the best teams are the ones that like do the smartest moves they don't splurge and like i get into <laughs> an argument with uh with luke with luke our other buddy that we do take so the nosebleeds with all the time the reason why the yankees don't win because they panic spend they're just throwing money at their problems and what's really funny is they won only one World Series with, with Mark Teixeira and Alex Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't worth it. Because yeah. they literally just underachieved every year after that. It's just like you get a taste of winning and that's it. And I think what it really comes down to is, and like we kind of over, we kind of over-dramatized it a little bit. I think with the Shapiro-Atkins era, they saw like the reason why they didn't want to rebuild right away is because they saw what 2015 brought and they wanted to see what that magic was like while they were there a full season. And they saw it mm-hmm. with basically the same season. So I think in reality, when you look at what's going on, they want to contend for like four or five years, which is the amount of control that you have, the Bichettes, the Biggios, yeah. the Guerreros, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, so we'll talk about the two new guys, and then I kind of have some, some takes about George Springer, which I'll save near the end. Uh, so the first guy that they signed was uh, Tyler Chatwood. They signed him to a one-year $3 million deal. Uh, Chatwood's 31, or he just turned 31. Um, kind of struggled last year for the Cubs. He was kind of like uh, an emergency, if in, in an emergency break glass, fifth starter for mm-hmm. them. Um, he, uh, from what I've understood, he's going to be in the bullpen, which I won't go against at all because he was in the bullpen last season for the Cubs. And he, once he, made, once he made the transition last year, he had a 376 ERA, which was really good compared to the 530 that he was this, that he had this year. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those things where, like, they really like Chatwood's stuff. And it's like, they really, and he really, was good like he can't hit like 97 98 on the fastball i think he's got like a uh high 80s change up if i remember correctly 
I, I didn't like doing I didn't really do like an in-depth on him, but like it's it's pretty good. Um in terms of like, you know, what he has to offer. Um and also like okay, I think the the one thing that kind of worries me and like the kind of transitions into the other guy that they signed is like the, the changing of leagues. Because yeah. like you can do good it's in a, the it, NL. It, it is a difference. Yeah, because like uh the NL is more like uh, pitchers tend to throw more heat, I think, in the National League, mm-hmm. whereas in the AL, people more focus on like stuff and whatnot. But I don't really know; it's hard to differentiate the two. Yeah. Um, but like the thing is, is like if you were to tell me on paper who would you rather have, Tyler Chatwood or Tanner Rourke, I would take Tyler Chatwood. Younger, probably got better stuff. Rourke, I know he's mm-hmm. an innings eater, but like I think his tenure may come to an end whether it's at the start of the season or maybe midway through um and also like another one of those things like someone was one of my buddies was getting into an instagram war with somebody in the comments of the the signing and he was just like bro you don't understand like how this works like it's not like you're paying like three million dollars in baseball is peanuts oh yeah you're making that in in europe you're what uh, a backup uh, middle infielder or something fourth it's outfielder the, it's the equivalent of why you would be paid as a third or fourth liner in the nhl or a bench player in oh, the nba probably a third liner no ben, yeah no no <laughs> nba players are bench players in the nba are making more than three million true i'm just thinking to alex len because he made like i think like what two well that's different that's like a prove he that was like a prove it deal True, true, very true. Um, but yeah, like again, like three million is not a lot of money. It's one year. Everyone's like, oh. And the thing is, is like, I agree with this management with what they're doing. I hate signing relievers to long term deals because you're stuck with that deal. Yeah. Because, like, because, like, we've seen it time and time again. Like, I remember Edwin Diaz, like, I wanted with the Jays for so long, but like, you know, he was traded to the Mets and then he sucked. And this year he was better. He wasn't the closer, but he was better. But like, that's kind of the thing where it's like, you can have a reliever go good one year. And then the next year he just like completely shits. Um, the other example that I kind of think of is Dellen Batances. Oh God. Where he just completely... Uh, one year is amazing, and then the next year he just completely shit the bed. This year with the Mets, like giving, and, and the thing is, is like with, like with Liam Hendricks when he signed last, like a week or two weeks ago, like do you really want to give a reliever like eighteen million dollars a year? Like I don't. Like I know like closers are going to determine that money, but like. He was only really a closer for one year, and you want to give him that amount of money? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know, chief. Anyways, um, let's get to the George Springer. Wait, stuff. we forgot the other free agent, you goofball. Oh, wow, you're disrespecting Kirby Yates's name, who shares the same birthday as Hinjin Ryu, mind you. They're both nice tidbit. They're both going to be 30. I just found that out. I looked up on baseball reference and I was just <laughs> like, oh shit. He's uh, he's the same age as him. Um, but the Jays signed Kirby Yates. Uh, we found it out really last night, but 
pen to paper is going to happen today. Um, Warn about this because you also have, you have Kirby Yates, who was the guy that led the whole major leagues in saves two years ago and also actually finished ninth in the Cy Young voting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have the, the Kirby Yates this year that like kind of sucked. Yeah. In, ter- in terms of like, you know, he wasn't as dominant as he was. Well, you're taking a gamble on someone hoping that he's at least somewhere in the middle, right? Well, I think the the, the thing with with Yates to me, it's health. Because mm-hmm. he just had surgery to remove like bone spurs or bone chips in his elbow. Yeah. And if it's in your pitching elbow, that's a really evasive surgery. So I think like once the physical kind of proves that like well, he passed okay. the physical so already. Yeah. So I think I think the only thing with me is like his velocity might go down, which I think I don't think is the biggest problem. But he's mm-hmm. str- apparently he had a 5.30 ERA against the American League, which really kind of gives me anxiety. But again, it's only one year, and I think they're only paying him like what 5.5. Yeah, which baseball is nothing. Exactly, right? Like, we were paying Giles, like, nine mm-hmm. last year, and Giles is an elite proven closer, which, mm-hmm. yes, Yates is too, but not in the American League. Giles, at least, he transitioned to the American League, and he fit well with the Jays and kind of turned into probably the best closer that we've had since. E.J. Ryan, no. <laughs> no, wasn't. Well, no. Who else was a closer? Brandon Morrow was a closer at one point, I think. Osuna was. We don't talk about him. Uh, that, honestly, he probably was the best closer since Osuna. Probably, yeah. Like, the Jays have gotten good luck with closers over the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Um, and the thing with Yates is, like, he I don't even think he could even be the closer. I think he could probably be the setup man. I see, like, Romano and Dole. Like, Romano, Dolis, and... and uh, I really liked Romano last year in the... Those what, three. What didn't really feel like a, what didn't really feel like a season for some reason. You think back and you're like, oh yeah, there was a baseball season. Yeah, it just goes to show you how doofus and how stupid run baseball was. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have to remind myself every once in a while that oh yeah, the Blue Jays made the playoffs. Yeah, like I completely forgot that they had that two game series against the Rays. Mm-hmm. That should have been three, but whatever. Um, and another one of those things. Like, I'm going off, like, like again, like, I feel like this team just wants to get veterans to tutor to, to the young guys. Yeah, get, for sure. Now, let me get to the Springer thing. So, I thought until last night that Springer was going to be a Met for sure. Like, to the T, they're going to offer him more money, like, whatever he wants. It's closer to Connecticut. He wants to stay within that area. And then last night hits. And does he still want to be around controversy, right? Is that the point you're getting at? How much controversy does he want to be around? Yeah, and it's like one of those things where it's like your main point of contact was with the general manager because he's the one that negotiates your salary. Like the president has like minimal, like like the president basically is there to help say this is what how much money we have. Yeah. Or it's like another like set of ears or another brain just to like yeah it's like like the, bounce the pres- ideas off kind of thing. It's basically the owner. Like I don't know if anybody they probably get the final say from what the GM says too. Yeah, and it's kind of like I don't know. I feel if like I, can... I feel like the president's the middleman between the owner and the and the GM basically. Yeah, exactly, and it's kind of like um, the way that it was in Moneyball, even though like Billy yeah. Bean 
was both the president and the general manager. Like you kind of see that that connection there, right? And like to me, I think like that negotiation is gone. Because mm-hmm. like how do you how do you reapproach that? It's saying, okay, like we know that like we hired this guy and like we didn't know this, which first of all you should. I don't know how yeah, that's that's something that doesn't really that that no you can do all the background checks in the world and until someone comes out and says that you're not going to find out about it so i think it's one of those things where you really need to do a deep dive of somebody's like personal history like you need to like especially like with an old organization like the cubs you need to look at like okay who worked in the organization and like this was just like a this was like a foreign reporter like it's just one of those things where it's like mm-hmm. it all i'm like, saying is i'm not excusing the actions by the way i'm just saying like i, I oh, just don't 100%. think i just don't think the mets knew about it it's really hard because it's like you don't know but it's like you should have known and it's like mm-hmm. really hard to to differentiate it it's almost like the mets and the like i feel like the mets and also like the white Sox this past year um it's almost like they would have should have could have like you didn't mm-hmm. know if Tommy Lasorda had a DUI. Yeah. Well, you should have known because, like, you would have background checked them and found him. It almost just shit goes to me, like, front offices and pro sports are not doing background checks. And another thing that kind of comes off of is Bill Peters. And I know that you didn't know of these allegations with Keem Aliu and what came out and uh, Michael Mikhail Jordan and all that. But, like, dude, he wasn't even given an interview. Brad yeah. Tree Living basically looked at what he did. At like I don't know if it was the Spangler Cup or the Helenka Gretzky Cup or like the World Juniors, or not the World Juniors, the World Hockey Championships, and he's just like, I want that guy on yeah. my team. And I know a lot like, of players did like him too, like. But like that's the thing, like you need to go in depth mm-hmm. and be like, like like you need to know, okay, you know, does this guy work with? Do these two work together? you know, what's his coaching philosophy, you know, like, and it's almost just like, if anything, don't get into these like long-term deals. Like you need to like get more points to like, before you deliberate on a, on a decision. But going Anyways, back to let's my, get, yeah, go get back to your point. <laughs> Keep on drifting away. The point that I'm making here is that I know Springer wants to stay close to home, but at the same time, like the dude's got to make the smartest decision for himself. And I, I mm-hmm. don't mean to say, like, if anything, the two front runners, it's kind of like, you know, the South Park bit where you're mm-hmm. stuck between a douchebag and a turd sandwich? Yeah. Like, this is what it is. So I'm you're just stuck. watching the, I have the Capitals and Penguins game on, and I think Oshie's about to get suspended. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't want, I, I kind of want to flip it on now, but we're, we're wrapping up anyway. Yeah, he um, just threw a hit, hit to the head to Pedersen, but yeah. But, but, but I mean, like, okay, kind of going off on a tangent, we saw the Gallagher hit. Is he really going to get suspended? This that was blindsided. This was blindsided. But the Gallagher one was too. Or he, that could have literally, this one, this like... One, I, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I didn't see the Gallagher one, but... I don't really know what to think. Also, in the in the Devils game, Jack Hughes is having a game, dude. Jack Hughes is just literally willy-dilly 
putting up four points in two periods. So, oh, I damn. mean, hey, you know, you could have a really crappy rookie season and then come out the next season. Just, uh, just to give a little bit of hindsight here, guess which future NHL Hall of Famer who was drafted in 1997 started his NHL career with just scoring seven points in 55 games? Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there you go. You could you can have a and you can have a tough rookie season, and then just so like Joe, Joe Thornton had a tough rookie season. Basically, we're getting at yeah, just Joe Thornton had a tough rookie season, and George Springer is going to be a Blue Jay. Yes, more or less. Those both correlate. Yes. It's like, uh, have you seen those videos now of those people getting two uh, things that, two subjects or two things that are not related to each other at all and finding them in Wikipedia articles within like 30 seconds? Oh, God, yeah. It's, a, it's like we just did that, Joe Thornton to, to George Springer, but... You do realize that Joe Thornton's going to have to have batting practice with the Jays when the pandemic's over, right? Mm-hmm. Just like how Steven Samkos did. In yeah. Well, Anyways, we're pushing an hour and a half here, so. We are pushing an hour and a half. Um, so the moral of the story, you either go someplace where they don't know where they're going to be playing in 2021, or mm-hmm. you go someplace where you have basically money guaranteed, but you have to deal with an organization that has horrible PR. So if anything, he's going to be a Met because he's going where he's used to, right? He got paid to play in, in – uh, he got paid to play in Houston. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he was – he's going to be with a team that has horrible PR and controversy issues. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty much about it. Um, I guess I'll plug the socials. Uh, Follow the boy. Follow us on Twitter at Q underscore City Roundup and on Instagram on Queen City Roundup. Follow our individual Twitters at Matthew Spaniolo and uh, Joey Conchi ninety eight. Uh, that's really about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm saying uh too many times. I sound like a great professional. It's gonna go great on the resume. Um, but yeah, that's really that's really all for right now. Um. Uh, Hopefully by next week, there is going to be more goalie controversy in the Leafs' crease. Uh, Chris Boucher is going to be an unofficial all-star because there's no all-star game. And George Springer is going to mm-hmm. be a Met because the Jays can't have nice things. Yeah. Basically, or he nailed just, it on or that. They just, or did they just sign JT Real Muto because why not? We're going to end this call and we're going to find out what's going to ha- what, what what's happening with Springer. Guarantee it. Oh, God. I hope so. <laughs> Bre- break at like midnight, please. Mm-hmm. All right. But uh, yeah, that's all for us. Uh, We'll see see you all next week. Hopefully I have more of a beard by then.